Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Praise the Lord as you're seated. Join me in 2 Corinthians chapter 13. 2 Corinthians chapter 13. As we go into the Word today, I I want to take a little while to look at a fundamental of our faith, to look at uh, a flow of the Spirit, a flow of the reborn human spirit that is provided by the Holy Spirit and by His working in our life, and that is a developing of the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is our strength. The joy of the Lord is not just a a response to good things that happen, although it is an appropriate response when good things happen to rejoice, but the purpose of the joy and the purpose of every fruit of the Spirit that we find from Galatians chapter 5 is to strengthen our life, to make our life uh, equipped with a spiritual flow, a spiritual strength, a spiritual response in the situations that we deal with naturally. Every flow of Galatians 5, what we refer to as the fruit of the Spirit, is actually part of the character of God. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, meekness, temperance, faithfulness. These are flows of God's character. But they are not emotions. They're not mental. They're not emotional. They are spiritual flows. And because they are spiritual, we can develop. I like the fact that it does refer to it as fruit in that fruit has to be ripened on the vine. Fruit has to be cultivated. Fruit is is something that we have to yield to and give attention to and nurture so that it has the, um, the prevailing force in that situation. For instance, the Bible clearly says that the love of God has been shed abroad in the heart of the believer. The Weiss translation, Kenneth E. Weiss translation says that it is is poured out and continually poured out in our heart. The love of God, there's a continual flooding of the love of God in our heart. But you can choose to walk out of love. (laughs) You have an option in that situation to give that person a piece of your mind. You have an option in that situation to respond in anger or to respond in unforgiveness or to respond in retaliation. You're never obligated to that retaliation. You're never obligated to to return evil for evil or cursing for cursing. You can always choose to give a soft answer that turns away wrath because the love of God has been poured out or continually poured out, flooding your heart. You always have access to that love, but, but truth be told, we don't always yield to the love that's available. In the same way, the joy of the Lord is our strength. 
It is not just a response for good things. When we need to be strong, if we will develop the fruit of joy, if we will become skilled in the rejoicing, we will know always how to strengthen ourselves spiritually, how to, how to plug in to this supply of strength to help us stay in love and walk in faith. And so because of that, let's look at Romans 15 and find its cooperation with the operation of faith. Romans 15 and verse 13. Thank you, Lord. Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. The God of hope, what does he want to do? What does he want to do to keep your expectation, to keep you centered in on the things that you're hoping for? He says, fill you. The God of hope fill you with what? Joy and peace in believing. There's our faith. If faith is in operation, there needs to be a fullness of joy and a fullness of peace. So we can, we can identify and we can examine ourselves to see if we are in faith by looking at our spiritual flows. Do I have joy do I have peace? If the joy or the peace are absent, then I need to center back in on the word. I need to get my, my accurate spiritual flow here because if I'm believing, I'm not worried. If I'm believing, I'm not anxious. I've got peace if I'm believing. If there's anxiety, if, I'm, if, I, if I say it like this, I believe. I'm believing God's going to do it. The, the inflection in my voice, the appearance of my face are indicating worry. Indicating, I hope so, not a certainty. Faith is certain. Faith is the conviction. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is the certainty, one translation says. So when we recognize this lack of peace, we can identify. Don't get under condemnation. It's not for us to be condemned about. It's for us to examine, for us to identify. I need to go back, strengthen myself in the word, build myself in the word so that I have the symptoms or the indicators that I'm in faith, that joy and peace. Do you remember the, um, the, the poem that the Holy Spirit gave to Keith Moore? I've shared it with you before. I think it is so accurate. He says, faith rejoices, gives thanks, and is glad. But fear, uh, uh, doubt, despairs, complains, and is sad. Faith rejoices, there's the joy, gives thanks, and is glad. But fear or doubt despairs, complains, and is sad. That's accurate to the word of God. Those are accurate indicators for us to recognize, do I have joy and peace 
in this area that I'm believing for. God wants me to not have just a level of joy, a level of peace. He wants me to have fullness of joy, fullness of peace. So joy and peace are also identified there in Galatians chapter 5 as fruit of the Spirit. They are forces, they are flows. Joy is not a feeling. You can rejoice without feeling joy. And, you, and, and you'll really be rejoicing when it's not based on your feelings. Because it's coming out of your spirit. It's coming out of your heart. Rejoicing. Amen. These are, these are spiritual strengths. They are spiritual substances. Faith is a substance. Joy is a spiritual strength in our life. So because it's like, a, because it's a substance, a spiritual substance, we have to identify that I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to deal with it the same way that I would deal with natural things. Because, for instance, we want to, we want to see it, we want to feel it. We, we, well, I don't feel joy. The the joy is not for the feeling. When I was a little girl. I grew up for a number of years on a farm in East Tennessee where my grandparents lived. And my grandfather, he had cattle and he had electric fences around the cattle. And um, have you ever grabbed hold of an electric fence? Fences, electricity is not for feeling. The electricity is for the benefit that it brings to our lights, the benefit that it brings to air conditioning, the benefits that it brings for, for all of the appliances in our home that that electricity furnishes, the productivity, it's not for feeling. I don't want to feel the electricity, I want to benefit from the electricity. I want the, I want the flow of electricity in my life, but I'm not going to take my hands and grab a hold of it. Amen? Joy is not for the feeling. That's not its purpose. There is a, an overflow in our lives of happiness and gladness that are a result of the joy of the Lord. But the purpose of joy is not to make you feel good. The purpose of joy is to make you strong. Hallelujah. Spiritually strong. Now, the... Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior, our Master, our, our King, He is anointed with the oil of gladness. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 9. Hebrews 1. We're talking about that joy for just a minute. We're looking at it as a substance. And the scripture here identifies it as a substance that anointed. God used the oil of of joy or the oil of gladness to anoint Jesus. Hebrews 1 and verse 9, you have loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore, God, even thy God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. He has anointed Jesus with the oil of gladness. The Kenneth E. Weiss translation calls it the oil of exultant joy. And exultant is uh, one of those words we only use in church. I've never used it anywhere else. But it is a lot in the book of Psalms. Uh, of not exalting, but e exalting. And it's similar, but it, it has a different 
action in that of, uh, I guess it's pretty much the same action, uh, but it's used as exult. So the uh, Bible in basic English, uh, also it refers to it as joy. Put the oil of joy on your head. God has put the oil of joy on your head. The oil of joy. Joy being a substance, a spiritual substance, the fruit of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit who dwells in us, who lives in us at the new birth because we've accepted Jesus as Lord. He comes into our heart and in that life of God being resident in us, we become uh, uh, flows. I was was about to say corrientes, (laughs) which is a Spanish word for rivers or or, or flows of uh, the the joy of the Lord. We are are outlets of his joy. Amen? So the joy is a substance that God uses to anoint Jesus. He's anointed with the oil of joy. The, The purpose of anointing oil in the Old Testament times... The shepherds would use that oil and put it upon uh, the heads of their sheep to protect their heads from the insects and the flies. Uh, another purpose of the anointing that, of the oil that God had prepared was to empower or to impart strength. We're talking about the joy of the Lord is our strength. So the anointing came on Samson and imparted strength to him. The anointing came on David and imparted strength, supernatural might to David. And that anointing then was was operating in those who submitted themselves to David and his mighty men began to have the same action of the anointing operating in their lives so that they were having testimonies of supernatural strength and supernatural might and supernatural victory because of the anointing that they had connected to. So the anointing is to impart power, to impart strength, and to impart authority. Jesus said this in Luke 4 in verse 18. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He goes and begins to list what the anointing is going, has been imparted to him to strengthen him to be able to do, to authorize him to be able to accomplish the preaching of the gospel to the poor, the healing of the brokenhearted, deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, setting at liberty them who are bruised. How? By the anointing that imparted God's strength to him. Well, the oil of joy is upon us because we're submitted to Jesus just like the mighty men became recipients of the oil, the anointing and the power of that anointing upon David's life. Hallelujah. We are, we are Christians. We are in Christ. We are members of his body. And he has anointed us and imparted strength and power and joy is part of that power. Another important operation of the anointing was to cause liberty. It says in Isaiah chapter 10 and verse 27 that the burden will be taken away and the yoke 
will be destroyed because of the anointing. The anointing of joy is specifically uh, uh, designed to help you lift the burden of anxiety. To lift depression off your life. If depression comes and tries to, to sit on your shoulders, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord. Activate your joy. Flip that app of joy open and let it begin to operate in your life. Hallelujah. Because the oil of joy that is available to us is not just to make us feel good. It's to strengthen us. It's to equip us. It is to impart the strength spiritual strength necessary to resist the oppression, to resist the attack of the enemy, to resist that feeling of hopelessness. You can rejoice in the Lord because you don't have to wait for somebody to bring joy to you. You don't have to wait for something to happen to cause joy to be your response. You've got joy already in your spirit. You've got a fruit of joy available for you to access, and if you will train yourself to rejoice every day, it becomes like a, 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 a hair trigger. It, 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 you don't even have to work yourself up to get over into joy. You, just, you have been so used to responding in joy and yielding to joy and giving way to the joy of the Lord. Choosing joy. Choosing joy. Blue Mondays. Take that option off of your, your multiple choice. I don't have blue Mondays. Joy, joy, joy. That's my response all day long. Hump Wednesday. Ain't nobody got time for hump Wednesday. Hump Wednesday. No, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Freaky Friday. Not in my world. Not in my life. This is the day that the Lord has made. Every day that you wake up is a day the Lord has designed for you. A day of victory for you. A day of overcoming. A day of peace. A day of rest. A day of, of comfort and strength. So re rejoicing becoming our our natural response and becoming a flow in our life that we're not waiting for something to happen to cause us to rejoice. I'm rejoicing because Jesus is the head of my life. He is Lord of my life. Jesus has set me free. My name's been written down in the Lamb's book of life. I don't need to go to any other thing if I can just start right there. I'm not going to hell today. I'm not going to hell tomorrow. I am redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. I'm going to rejoice in the redemption, I'm going to rejoice in who he is in my life. I serve the living God. I am in covenant with God himself. Hallelujah. He purchased me with his own blood. I am his. He is mine. He is ever present in my life as a standby, a strengthener, a help to me. Hallelujah. If God be for you, who can be? Just rejoice. He's for you. He's on your side. Hallelujah. So we don't have to wait for things to happen, but we should be skilled in rejoicing because of who he is. 
When we begin to look, for instance, Psalm 100, I think, gives the most accurate reason for praise and worship. It says in Psalm 100, let's go read it, because it is like the center point of, of our worship. The accuracy of our reason for rejoicing. Not rejoicing because we feel like rejoicing. But it says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence. This is protocol. This is proper protocol. Not coming in and going, oh Lord. I am a poor, wayfaring stranger. No. Is that gladness? That's not the singing that he wants. Not the rough side of the mountain singing. Not the rough side of the mountain. Gladness. Gladness. He set me free. Oh, he set me free. He broke the bonds of prison for me. I'm glory bound, my Jesus, to see. Glory to God, he set me free. We're singing about his goodness, about what he's done. This is proper protocol. But here's the key. Know ye, know ye, know this. This is, the, this is the motive for worship. This is the motive for rejoicing. The Lord, He is God. It is He that has made us. I think a lot of people have forgotten that part right there. Amen. They have forgotten that right there. We wouldn't even be here today. This planet wouldn't be here. This, this, this uh, solar system wouldn't be here. This universe wouldn't be here. You and I wouldn't be here having this conversation. But He made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him. Be thankful unto him. You know, you haven't, you haven't been thankful till you said thank you. Be thankful. And you, every day you have something to be thankful about. Be thankful to him and bless his name for the lord is good his mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations so we rejoice not not by the circumstance we rejoice based on our knowledge of him jesus christ the same yesterday today and forever god said i am the lord and i change not so my praise shouldn't change. If he hadn't changed, then my praise is based on him. If my rejoicing is based on who he is, it should be the same every day. Because he didn't, he didn't become a less victorious today. He didn't become less of a conqueror today. He didn't become less of a savior today. He's the same savior today that, as the day that he set me free. So I'm going to rejoice today in him in who he is, that's the, that's the uh, object of my rejoicing. Him. He is. And he doesn't change. So my rejoicing shouldn't be here and there, up and down, in and out. Amen. But, 
But we're talking about our part to him, but we're seeing that God has supplied in that rejoicing something that is vital for us. We need what rejoicing does to us. We, we do our rejoicing for him, to him, because of him. We're not rejoicing for what it does to us, but we want to see what the rejoicing does. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The rejoicing provides a vital spiritual nutrition that is necessary for you to continually stand and overcome in the plan that God has for you. You can't do it sad. You can't live the fullness of what God has for you sad and gloomy and, and, and down and out and complaining. Why? Because you won't have strength for it. The sadness weakens. The reason when depression tries to attack us, we feel like crawling in the bed or laying on the couch is because it wears us out. It is physically exhausting, but joy is strength. But joy is strength. Hallelujah. Nehemiah chapter 8. Let's look with our eyes on the scripture that I've been quoting. 8.10 of Nehemiah. And let's also see a little bit about what they were doing when this statement was made. Ezra, Nehemiah. I'll actually begin in in verse 9. Nehemiah, which is the Tirshatha, and Ezra the priest, the scribe, and the Levites that taught the people, said unto all the people, This day is holy unto the Lord your God. Mourn not, nor weep, for all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. I can only imagine that as they heard the words of the law, they were convicted or, or recognizing how far they had fallen short of keeping the word. And they were looking and saying, oh my gosh, how are we ever going to get in God's plan if we are so far from what his word says? But he said, that's not the response that we want to give. Serve the Lord with what? What did it say in Psalm 100? Serve him with what? Gladness. It come before his presence, complaining, talking, talking down, talking despair. No, come before his presence with singing. Serve him with gladness. Make a joyful noise, a joyful noise. He said in this, he says, more not, nor weep. Verse 10, then he said unto them, go your way, eat the fat and drink the sweet and send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. Now he's talking about a, a specific fiesta, talking about a specific, what, when they refer to festivals or refer to uh, these uh, times that they were ordained to come together and honor God with feasting, <laughs> honor God with this with this enjoying of what he had provided for them. And so he's saying, you need to go and, and prepare the fiesta. Go and prepare 
that, that you're, gonna, you're about to enjoy what God has prepared for you, what he has provided for you. Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, send portions unto them for whom nothing is prepared. For this day is holy unto our Lord. Neither be ye sorry, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So he's saying sorrow is not going to help you. What you need right now, what were they doing? They were building. They were working on a building. They were, they were building the, the wall. They were preparing and reestablishing things for, for the city of God, for the house of God. And so he says what you need is strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. You need to set your focus on strength. How? The joy of the Lord. Not sorrow. Sorrow not. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The Bible in basic English says it this way. The joy of the Lord is your strong place. The joy of the Lord is your strong place. Hallelujah. You have joy in you. When you begin to rejoice in that joy of the Lord and that joy begins to come into manifestation through your words, through your uplifted hands, through your dance, through your uh, declaring, I worship you, I praise you, you're so good to me. Thank you, Lord, for how you've brought me out. Thank you for showing me the light in this situation. Thank you, Lord, for how you've kept me. You're thanking him, you're rejoicing in him. Strength is coming to your spirit. The joy of the Lord is your strong place. That's your strong place. That's where you plug in. Plug in and strengthen your spiritual strengths. Plug into the joy of the Lord and let that strength flood into your situation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're, we're not just waiting to, for things to happen for us to rejoice. I, I'll tell you this. James said, when, when you are compassed about with various trials and tribulations, it's time for maximum joy. Count it all joy when you find yourself in multifaceted, variegated, the word is, variegated temptations difficult situations, hardships. What do you do? Count it all joy. The Berkeley translation says, count it maximum joy. There's not time for level two joy, level four joy, level seven joy. Max that joy level out. Let it, let it flow on full strength and maintain that rejoicing because that's how you're going to come through easier and quicker than if you just try to go through it emotionally. If you just try to go through it in your, in your mind, dealing with it in the mind, dealing with it in your emotions. If you'll employ your joy, you'll move through that difficulty in a way that's different than people who are just walking by sight. Hallelujah. I'm helping somebody today. I'm helping myself. Hallelujah. Employ the joy. Put that joy to work. And don't wait until the difficulty starts to start learning how to work your joy. Be a joy professional. Put your joy 
to, in, in our, into action every day, I'll tell you, you'll learn some things about the, the flow of joy as you're rejoicing. You'll learn the, the things that, that connect your heart so, so much quicker as you're rejoicing, as you begin to rejoice, as you learn to and use the word. Let the word of God be that, that which you're using to rejoice with him, to rejoice in him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Their initial reaction here in Nehemiah, their initial reaction was grief. But the leaders corrected them and redirected them to a different response. He said, this is a set-apart day. This is a day for you to respond differently. This is a day that is holy to the Lord. And the proper response is joy. Hallelujah. Is, there, is, is your day a day that God has authored? Is your day a, God, a day that God has authored? Amen. Has he chosen this day for you? Has he prepared this day for you? Do you think God got up and he's, I don't know what we're going to do with you today. No, he, he's, he, has, he has prearranged and made ready for you the good paths, Ephesians 2.10 in the Amplified says. The good paths. Taking those good paths that God has prearranged and made ready. He said, I know the thoughts that I have for you in Jeremiah 29. He said, the thoughts I have for you are good with an end and an expectation. I have good things in store for you. Hallelujah. So every day is a day that joy is a proper response. I've quoted it, but turn to Psalm 18, 118, Psalm 118 and verse 24. This is the day which the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it hallelujah this is the day that the lord has made now if you open this scripture tomorrow it's going to update it's not going to tell you that yesterday was the day that the lord has made and you're exempt from rejoicing today no every day this verse is updated present tense today is the day this is the day that the lord has made Joy is my proper response. Hallelujah. Psalm 34. Psalm 34 and verses 1 through 3. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. So now we find out that scripturally... It is proper for you to rejoice all day. It's, 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 it's appropriate for you to rejoice all day. You're not going to be out of line if you're rejoicing all day. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Well, what if something, something is not going my way? What if, what if something in, in, is not happening the way I thought it should have happened? What if something I unexpected comes up? It's still appropriate to praise and to rejoice. 
at all times, at all times would include times when things aren't going your way. At all times would include when unexpected things happen that you have to deal with now. That maybe threw a wrench in your, your plans. At all times, continually, verse 1 says, at all times, continually, my soul shall make her boast in the Lord. Am I asking my mind, my will, and my emotions? Or am I directing my mind and my will and my emotions how we're going to focus today? What we're going to look on today. My mind, my will, my emotions, my soul is going to uh, give all the glory to God. Make her boast in the Lord. It's God. He's on my side. He's for me. He is great. He's done great things for me. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Let us exalt his name together. Hallelujah. So this is the proper response for you and I at all times. Let's go New Testament for just a minute. Philippians 4.4. 4. Philippians 4.4 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. When? Always. always. When do I rejoice in the Lord? Always, always is appropriate. Rejoice in the Lord always. Now, I know that we think, he's asking a lot of us. No, you're going to get all the benefit from it. I'm going to get all the benefit. He's not asking something from me that's going to be taxing. He's not asking something from me that's going to be uh, de de detracting from my life. He's asking me to do something that's going to put me in a place where his strength can have a continual flow. If I'm rejoicing in the Lord always and the joy of the Lord is my strength, then I'm always strong then I'm dealing with every difficult situation fully strong. Nothing can deplete me if I am rejoicing in the Lord always because as soon as it tries to pull out of me any strength, strength is coming back to me. Rejoice in the Lord always. So God's not asking us that because... And here's an here's a, a adjustment I want you to make. Hebrews uses the phrase, we bring the sacrifice of praise. Can I look at that for just a moment? I think it's in chapter 13, Hebrews 13. The sacrifice of praise. And, and for whatever reason, I've done it and I've heard other people uh, even preach it or testify to it from that way. Hebrews 13, 15. By him, therefore... Talking about Jesus, by Jesus, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. Now, I've heard people say it. I've said it in the beginning of my walk with God because I think I heard it preached somewhere. The sacrifice of praise is that praise you don't want to give because it's a sacrifice. You don't feel like giving it. You don't want to give it. It's not what was the first thing on your mind, but give it to God anyway. It's going to be a sacrifice for you. That's not in line with what a sacrifice is in the Bible. A biblical sacrifice is your best. Not, it's not the thing that hurts. It's not the thing that, oh, I got a sacrifice of praise and it's going to hurt me to have to praise right now. That's not a biblical definition of what a sacrifice is. The sacrifice is you give him your best. 
Give him your first, give him your best, give him your honor. When he talked about the sacrifices in Malachi, he said, where's my honor? So the sacrifice is not drudgery, hardship. I've got to lift my hands. I don't feel like lifting my hands today, but it's the sacrifice of praise. It's my sacrifice of praise. Well, if you're not getting out anything out of it, he's not either. If your heart's not in it, it's not a sweet-smelling savor to his nostrils. Amen? It's the honor. It's, Lord, I put you above my feelings right now. It, it, there are times that we may not feel like it, but it's not your spirit that, that doesn't feel like it. Your spirit is never saying, I don't feel like praising right now. What part of us would ever say, I don't feel like that right now? Is it your spirit or your flesh? All right, so your spirit is always ready to put God in his place of honor. Your spirit is always ready to acknowledge him as your maker and to honor him and to, to express gratitude to him. Your spirit is always ready. So that part that, that is referred to here when it says the sacrifice of praise, it means let us offer to God our best, our honor, and then here it is, just so that we can clarify, the fruit of our lips giving thanks is the definition that this verse goes on to say. Not that praise that comes from you when you don't feel like praising Him. Okay? It is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to His name. Continually. Is that say continually in your Bible? Continually. So here we have again... This continual recognition, honor, giving God my best. Hallelujah. Giving thanks to his name. The fruit of my lips. Giving thanks to his name. Praise God. How about 1 Thessalonians 5, 16? 1 Thessalonians. We're looking at the proper response. Continually. Always. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Rejoice evermore. Evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. It didn't say for everything, give thanks. But no matter what you're going through, you can give him thanks for being your savior, for being your help, for being your, the lifter of your head, for being your, your, your redeemer. In everything, he's still worthy of thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So now we see from these different scriptures, Old Testament and New Testament, that there needs to be a lifestyle of joy. I am, I am too saved to have a sad day. Even my, the worst that could happen in my life, there's, all, there's still something for me to rejoice with him about because I'm, because I'm not rejoicing based on what's happening. That's happiness. Happiness is based on what happens. The actual Latin root of the word happiness brings that connotation that it is my emotional response to what happens. We're not talking about happiness this morning. We're not talking about happiness. And I don't consult my emotions to, to determine if I'm going to be happy or not. 
I don't consult my situation to determine how I'm going to be glad. I'm glad because Jesus is Lord. I'm rejoicing because God's on the throne. He changes not. Amen. So it's continual. It needs to become a lifestyle. It needs to become a flow of our life so that we always have access to strength. Isaiah 12. Isaiah 12, and let's look at verses 2 through 5. Glory to God. Thank you for the flow of joy in our lives, Lord. Isaiah 12, beginning in verse 2. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust. And not be afraid, for the Lord, Jehovah, is my strength and my song. He also is become my salvation. Which the word salvation, one of the definitions would be rescue. He's my rescue. He's my restoration. So when it says the Lord, he has become my rescue, my restoration, my salvation. Therefore, with joy shall you. Now, wait a minute. He was saying my. But if you'll go back, you'll find out that in verse 1 it says, In that day, this is what you're going to say. You're going to say, God is my salvation. I will trust and I will not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He has become, that's what you're going to say. Where's that? That's coming out of your heart. This is what, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth is saying, God is my refuge. God is my strength. No weapon formed against me shall be able to prosper. I'm the head and not the tail because greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. Jehovah is my strength and my song. He is my rescue. That's what you're going to say. And then he says this, that's why with joy. Why? Because in your heart, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth is saying, in your heart and in your mouth, you're declaring God is your help. God is your rescue. And that's why with joy, you'll draw water out of the wells of salvation. Water out of the wells of rescue. Water out of the... Some people aren't having the restoration in their life because they're responding to the situation with the feelings and not the joy. They're responding to what they see and what they feel instead of what comes out of their spirit. The fruit of joy is a container like a water bucket that you put in the well to draw the water out. You've got to have a container to get the water out of the well. And he has identified the spiritual container to get your rescue out of the spirit realm into your situation. It's joy. Joy is a container, a spiritual container that will bring restoration and rescue into your situation. Hallelujah. With joy, you'll draw water out. So the more I'm joying, the more I'm joying, the more I'm rejoicing, 
The whole time I'm rejoicing, I'm drawing out the water. I'm drawing out the water. I'm drawing out the, the rescue. I'm drawing out the restoration. I'm drawing out the help I need. It's available to us in Christ. Our rescue, everything you'll ever need in this lifetime is available in Christ. He purchased you and brought you into a covenant and in that covenant supplied every victory, every wisdom, every right decision. But to get that manifest into my life is going to require spiritual forces of faith and joy. Joy bringing that rescue that strength into my situation. With joy, you'll draw it out. With joy, you will draw out of the wells of your salvation. Hallelujah. There is a spiritual supply that only joy can access. Only joy can access what's in that well. Hallelujah. But oh my, when joy begins to draw it out and you begin to pour that rescue, that salvation onto your situation, what a supply it is. What a supply it is. Let's look at one of the benefits of the supply that comes from our well. Proverbs 17. Proverbs 17. And verse... 22. Thank you for the supply that joy accesses. Proverbs 17, 22 says, A merry heart, it does good. Merry heart does good. Hallelujah. Rejoice evermore. Rejoice evermore, right? This is the day we'll rejoice and be glad in it. We will praise him continually. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I'll bless the Lord at all times. I'm going to rejoice in the Lord always and again. <laughs> Why? Because a merry heart does good. A merry heart does good. It does good for your life. A merry heart does good for your marriage. A merry heart does good for your finances. A merry heart does good for everything. But then it goes specifically and it says like a medicine. It's good for your body. Your body needs to hear your rejoicing. There are things that take place in your body while you're rejoicing. What? He said a merry heart does good like medicine. There is not just a spiritual strength that's coming to me while I'm rejoicing. There is physical health being accessed in my body while I am rejoicing. A merry heart does good like a medicine. But a broken spirit dries the bones. A broken spirit dries the bones. So sadness dries the bones. Grieving dries the bones. Worry dries the bones. All of those things would be things that break your spirit down, that weaken your spirit. A merry heart does good like a medicine. The Young's Living Translation says, A rejoicing heart does good to the body. 
A rejoicing heart does good to the body. Hallelujah. The, uh, uh, a different translation says it works an excellent cure. The, a merry heart works an excellent cure. I'm not making this up. This is in your Bible. A merry heart does good like a medicine. It works an excellent cure. The Knox translation says it makes a quick recovery. A merry heart makes a quick recovery. Hallelujah. The Bible in basic English says a glad heart makes a healthy body. I see some benefits to see we're getting all the benefits we're giving him all the rejoicing we're doing it because of him but he results with the benefits in our life he reciprocates to us as we're rejoicing to him with us having the the residue of his victory and the flow of his salvation in our life hallelujah hallelujah the Moffat's translation says a glad heart helps and heals but a broken spirit saps vitality. A glad heart helps and heals. Now, you and I both know, if you have ever been, and I, I would say this has happened to every human, all of us have had heaviness try to come on us. It generally is little by little, if that heaviness, if a person was, was strong and full and, and aware of their spiritual strength and that heaviness dropped on them all at one time, they would recognize it. You know, it would be, it would be like, what? No way, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh But when it comes little by little, with one, one bad report, one difficult situation, just yielding to that aggravation, on the highway and then getting to work and the copier won't work and 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 whatever went wrong and so and so called in and now you're having to do their job too and everything's getting routed to your office and whatever all those difficult situations are that little by little it's laying another little layer of heaviness on you layer of oppression on you layer of oh. and then you began talking about it oh, what a day Whew, can it get any worse today? It's going to be one of those days. And, and then you began to, now you got your, your, your mouth agreeing with it and activating it. And then, and then the next day you come in and you just yield a little bit more. And then little by little, that heaviness tries to get on a person, tries to bring that oppression upon that person. If you are skilled every day, employing your joy, every day putting your joy to work, every day saying, da, 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 I'm going to start my day off right. I'm going to start my day with this anointing of gladness on me, and I'm going to rejoice in the Lord, and that oppression lifts every day, then, then you, every day you're freeing yourself from whatever that difficult situation tried to, tried to place upon you. So we want to recognize that it happens little by little. That's why we've got to maintain our joy. That's why we've got to maintain that joy as a fruit of the Spirit constantly cultivated in my life. Rejoice evermore. Evermore. Continually. Always. Those are the, the uh, words associated with our rejoicing. Continually. Always. Daily. Hallelujah. Isaiah 51. I'm going to get you out on time for your Mother's Day buffet. 
fret thou not. Yeah, rejoice evermore. Isaiah 51, verse 11. If I get you out too early, I, I, Sister, Sister Evelyn, let me know. You got us out too early today. We've got, a, we got a, an appointment. So I can't get you out too early. Isaiah 51, 11. Therefore, the redeemed of the Lord shall return. Are you the redeemed of the Lord? Are we the redeemed? The redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing into the church. <laughs> come with singing unto Zion. And everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. Everlasting joy. Remember, rejoice evermore, continually, always, daily. Everlasting joy shall be upon your head. They shall obtain gladness and joy and sorrow and mourning. When you obtain gladness and joy, this is what happens to sorrow and mourning. It runs from you. It is quick to get out of your presence. Why? Because I have, I have chosen my atmosphere. My atmosphere is a joy atmosphere. My atmosphere is a peace atmosphere. My atmosphere is the rejoicing of the Lord. And sorrow and mourning shall flee away. Praise God. And then... Psalm 1611, and we'll, we'll bring this to a close here. I believe I've helped us all today. Psalm 1611 says, you will show me the path of life. I need his help to be on the right path. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Where are you seated to get today? At the right hand of the Father together with Christ? We are in the presence of God always because greater is he who is in us. In his presence, fullness of joy, Jesus said this, and, and we won't go there, but Jesus said this in the book of John. He said, uh, I've said these things to you so that your joy would be full. He desires fullness of joy. That's what God wants for our life, full joy. Amen? And so that means we're going to have to develop the joy of the Lord by yielding to that joy every day by choice. We trigger the joy. It's just like the app on your, your device. You open the app. You open the app. Activate that joy in your life. You flip the switch of joy. Every day, just get up and just, that's the first thing we want to do, flip the switch. Someone asked Smith Wigglesworth what was his daily routine. And he, one of the things that he said is, I get up out of bed and the first thing I do is I dance before the Lord. He was rejoicing before the Lord, setting his day in that atmosphere of joy. Stand with me to your feet. Let's lift our hands to the Lord. Father, today we choose joy. Say that with me. Father, today I choose joy. Lord, let your joy manifest in our lives as we yield to the flow of joy and the force of joy. Father, as we do, we receive our strength 
so that we can continually walk in your plan and your design for our life. We thank you, thank you, thank you for the supply that joy brings to our life. In Jesus' name. Lord, I just pray your blessing over your people today as they walk in your day, Lord, walking out the plan and the purpose for their lives that you have designed, Lord, that they would identify the need for joy and respond to that. In